because we're live. We're on there now. Let's Hello, see. everybody. Welcome to Writers Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. And we're coming to you live from LA under lockdown. Yes, it's uh, and this is, you actually get to see us in this one too. So this is yeah, kind of sure. new for us. Uh, I've been doing Twitch streaming, so I've kind of got the, the setup to do the broadcast. So we decided to, since we've got nothing else to do, uh, that we would uh, entertain you and hopefully and uh, share what's going on in Hollywood uh, live. So for the next few weeks until this is over, we're going to be here every week on Tuesdays, 4 p.m. Pacific. And uh, of course, if you're watching this uh, on our uh, website or, um, uh, you know, later, it's recorded. So uh, but um, we'll put it online so everyone can enjoy it, too. So how you doing, Rosh? Doing good. Hanging in there. Hang, literally just hanging out. What about you? <laughs> uh, keeping busy, uh, surprisingly busy in the lockdown. You know, um, I'm, I guess I'm kind of a homebody anyway, so I'm used to being home and I do freelance work. So I, I'm used to working from home. So I've had pretty busy days. Uh, I've been uh, uh, writing. I've been um, uh, streaming uh, and uh, having a lot of Zoom meetings. Zoom has been getting a lot of my business lately. It really, yeah. I, I posted on Twitter that I feel like, um, I think I said, you know, the the great pandemic of 2020 is also called my so-called perpetual Zoom meeting life because that's all I do is yeah. Zoom meeting. Zoom meeting after yeah. Zoom meeting. Uh, yeah. I, I actually had a date on Zoom this week, so I'm not going to tell you more about it, but it was pretty cool. It was kind of fun. I, I met somebody in another Zoom meeting and then we chatted afterwards, just the two of us, and then we actually chatted again today for a while. So it was really fun. So that's like the equivalent of meeting someone at a party. It, it kind of is. It's, you know, it's the yeah. lockdown version of, yeah, meeting someone at a party and then getting together later. She she had tea and cake. I didn't have any cake, but I had water. So. And think of how cheap that is. Cheap like, you're like, you bring food, I bring my food, no one's driving anywhere. Yeah, you know? there's no awkwardness, you know. It's just yeah. kind of like, bye. Um, so, yeah, so it's been kind of interesting. Uh, and the world of Hollywood, people think, People think Hollywood's completely shut down, but it really isn't. I think we've been pretty busy, and there's still a lot of sure. stuff going on, um, yeah. especially with, with all these uh, Zoom things. Uh, I wanted to make sure everybody knows about this uh, ScreenCraft uh, uh, screenwriting, screenwriting Summit. Uh, if you're on their mailing list, I'm sure you got an email about this, but the uh, Writers Guild is hooked up with the ScreenCraft Writers Summit to do a live stream of it uh, this Saturday, March 28th all day, a whole bunch of speakers. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes, of course. But um, its uh, event is pay what you can, which is nice. So up, starting at a buck, you got to pay at least a buck uh, up to, they suggest, $35. But um, that's not going to stop me from paying a buck. Um, no, I think I'm going to go. They've got um, writers of all kinds of great you know, shows and movies um, that are going to be presenting. I've done some of these writer guilds all day. Uh, I did the genre, what do they call it, the genre blast or whatever, where they have the kind of the sci-fi action writers come in. And, ooh, my connection's unstable. Oh, I should probably turn my iPad off. i got too many things running. Um, uh, but they're really great because, you know, it's kind of casual. They have the panelists, you know, on stage. I, I assume they'll be, I don't know if they're going to do it together. Or they're going to all be virtual. But, um, you know, and then they have a Q&A like they do after they have, they have a moderator ask them questions. And then they have Q&As. They're really, really good. And you can really get, you know, personal questions up there. As long as you don't ask, will you read my script? Do not ask that. There's always somebody who asks that. 
don't ask that. Yeah. And the nice thing is that like we were talking about this off off podcast. I think this is the one that's normally held like either in Chicago or Atlanta. It's never held in LA because I think there's one that they do every year and it's never in LA. And so I'm like, wow, I can actually attend because they're doing it virtually. Yeah. Yeah. The the old, oh, it's so far away and I can't get away from work and I can't Mm -hmm. uh, afford the plane ticket. No excuse now, really. Not much excuse. So, so yeah. So screencraft.org slash virtual summit is the uh, link to find that information. Uh, Just a quick, uh, um, you know, thing about that. That was cool. Other news. uh, I got an email from the U.S. Copyright Office this week that their rates are going up. Um, Which was when you sent that to me because I actually knew that already, but I don't don't think they officially announced it because I had a um, I had a copyright expat. Oh, of and course. I realized, you know, but then I think they it was funny because the timing of it, everyone's like, we're slashing prices because of the, the pandemic. And they're like, we raised our prices. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive. Like, why right now? Um, and why? Yeah, March 20th is the new effect date. So it started a few days ago. Um, not huge increases. For your basic electronic filing, it went from $35 to $45, which is mostly what we're doing. We're just online, you know, registering our scripts. Um if you know you're in one of the special cases where you don't fall into that bucket, they did go up uh, more for other filings, but not not hugely. Um, but uh, again, I'll post a link on the show notes to the. There's a PDF of all their rates changing. So. But there is a workaround for that on oh, yeah? copyright. Um, if you are doing a collection of scripts or a collection of songs, you can actually file under collection and pay one fee for multiple items versus paying per script. So the reason you'd want to pay per script is it's a little bit of a stronger case in court, but you can file, like I had, that's what I did with expat. I did all the six scripts under one heading, which is expat and paid just one fee. So that is one way of getting around it. Oh, that's good. Cool. Handy tip. Um, Let's see. Are there other news this just came into my inbox oh your email writers guild may work under expired contract won't seek strike vote prior to expiration oh that's huge breaking news on writers group therapy yeah Yeah. so um, probably because of the coronavirus issue yeah the existing agreement let me just scan this real quick the existing agreement expired may 1st but because of everything happening they're like well we can't really can't really get in a room and hash it out, you know, so. They are doing teleconference and they're, wow, bargaining sessions typically involve up to 100 people, but obviously we can't really do that right wow, now. Wow, 100 people. Um, because March 10 canceled, uh, the WGA canceled in-person meetings. So just skimming this, yeah, they're kind of, their hands are tied because of the pandemic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's nice to know they're at least, you know, they're not going to start another war in the middle of this crisis, you know, so we're already out of, we're already kind of out of work already. So it would kind of be pointless. A hundred people trying to negotiate with each other. Yeah. A hundred people trying to negotiate on zoom with all the boxes. The, yeah. Yeah. Fighting for time. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's, uh, we, it's not like we can go on strike when none of us are working really. And you can't do groups of more than 10 people. Right. So only 
nine people at a time can strike and they yeah. have to be six feet apart and then they can switch out. We, we might try to get a, um, a working writer on here uh, in the coming weeks who's doing a virtual writer's room because that'd be really interesting to hear how that's going. So that's something other. we're working on. So yeah. Uh, in other Writers Guild news, Paradigm signed a, a, an agreement with the Writers Guild. They signed on. They had um, a few alterations to the deal that the Writers Guild wanted, but it's within reason, I guess, um, mm -hmm. having to do with uh, you know the packaging fees and some of the other things, uh, um, they're already laying off people because of the strike. So they're they're like wanting to preserve their business uh, as much as they can. But um, it's good to you know this is a big company that's a, a big agency that's you know kind of has one of the first bigger ones to agree to the Writers Guild uh, demands. So you know maybe by the time the the crisis is over, before that they reinstate the you know the potential strike date. Uh, maybe this will be it worked out as well. So everybody, I feel like with all the things that are happening though, with the coronavirus pandemic and stuff, if they went on strike right after we got the all clear, people would be so pissed. Yeah, like we're already out of work, we're already hurting, and now this. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I, I wonder if the studios are going to use that as leverage to try to you know get a deal more favorable to them because they know that the writers don't want to, you know, go on strike right after having been through this outage, so to speak. But let's talk about, so this is actually a really good time to talk about the bigger elephant in the room, which is how the whole COVID-19 shutdown is affecting the entire entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we're talking about strikes and stuff, but like there might not be any industries to strike about. Yeah, it's 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 more of a list of who's not closed at this point. You know, the productions yeah. have just shut down everywhere. So, uh, but I think writers, you know, are the one of the few departments that can keep working. You know, because as you work on individual episodes, you kind of work on your own and then kind of get together with the group and you know, you know, do the notes and stuff. But um, but you can't film anything. No, no, I do hear that the. Um, the visual effects, I don't know if they have a union, the visual effects group or union was trying mm -hmm. to get the studios to let those artists work from home. Uh, there are issues with security and, and you know, licensing and, and, and um, you know, the, like taking those files from big blockbuster movies home to work on is a big deal. Most yeah. of the studios have locked down super secure servers and, and you know, uh, studios where, where these people work. So having them work at home, you know, incurs a bit of risk. And uh, so, you know, these people want to work, they can work, but it's there, there's this logistical issue that they're trying to work out. But as, like you said, with the rest of the business, um, you're working because you're doing voiceover work uh, for audiobooks, right? Yep. So I'm able to work from home. And of course, I'm also... I mean, we'll talk about this all later too, but I'm working on a novel. But I mean, like there's a lot of industries that are adjacent to entertainment that may not come back, like the comic book industry. Mm -hmm. That's really, that was already taking a hit before this. And it's taken a bigger hit now. A lot of little comic book stores were just like, that's it, we're closed. You know, that's yeah. it. First, it kind of makes you wonder. I mean, they have these big blockbuster movies, you know, like for example, Mulan that was supposed to come out, or you're talking about things with, you know, heavy visual effects. Well, what's the point of paying millions of dollars for a movie if you're just going to put it on streaming for like five bucks? No one, you know, how are they going to make the money yeah. back? 
Um, well, yeah, exactly. We've talked about the streaming thing with Disney Plus before, um, how over the long run, if they get subscribers, that's actually better than selling a few movie tickets. But not every movie and every studio can do that. You know, they're not, They don't all have the, the millions of viewers that Disney has. But mm-hmm. it's an option. You know, um, A lot of movies are going to Netflix quicker. Uh, Frozen 2 is now on Disney+. Plus. Um, a lot of movies that were just in theaters are now available for rent. But it's like $20 to rent them because they're still fresh out of the theaters. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a... I don't know if this is temporary or if this is going to be kind of an ongoing, you know, way the business runs. I don't know. I mean, they did try. Let me let me look it up. I can't remember the name of this. It's an Amy Poehler uh, comedy. They tried it a few years yeah. ago. Do you, do you remember the name of it? Let me look it up here real quick. Um, they came together. I, oh, do you remember that? I heard about it. Yeah. So they, the, the way they did that movie, they released it on streaming first. Mm-hmm. And I think they paid like five bucks or something. And then they put it in the theater. The movie, I don't think did that great in the theater. I mean, it's kind of like an under the radar rom-com anyway. Like I think if they'd released it in the theater, it would have been middling at best anyway. Yeah. But I remember they tried that as a model, like release it first on streaming and then put it in the theater. I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, you, you, even you, you were saying you have an AMC pass that's worthless now. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to use it? So all these incentives to get people in and, you know, entertainment's not an essential industry. So if we go under, it's not like we're going to get a bailout, even though Disney apparently is asking for a bailout from the government. Yeah. Well, they've got, we're not, you know, they've got parks and everything else too, but. Yeah. So, I mean, it does kind of make you wonder what, what parts of filmmaking are going to get shuttered completely because they're not, they're peripheral. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? At the very most, like at the very least, you just need a camera, an actor, a script, a director. You know what I mean? You don't need a ton of stuff, but all the other things like special effects and animations and, mm-hmm. you know, that's all not, but it's all extraneous. So what gets cut out? Well, it's, you know, it's when these studios build up in-house, you know, that's the overhead that they've got to deal with. When you buy a movie from, another production company or you know you're just a distributor of it you don't have that overhead of keeping all that stuff you know running constantly but you know disney is doing so many other things they have their own tv networks they have their own movies so that's just overhead they're going to keep and i don't see disney going to a outsourced production model anytime soon they just have to they just have to get through this and then they'll you know they'll be they'll get back to on their feet i don't I don't think that's going to be an issue, but it's just, it's going to take a while. It's certainly going to hurt. Um, yeah. So. Um, hmm. Be interesting to see what, what weathers the storm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so the storm. Yeah. What about the storm? People, uh, whenever something like this happens, always try to scramble to capitalize on it, to be the first one with the disaster of the week, you know, script or story. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I've been seeing, so obviously the acting world has pretty much dried up r- roughly around, I'd say the second week of March, like all the auditions slowed down and then you started seeing productions cancel and, you know, and now it's a ghost town. There's hardly anything out there unless it's virtual mm-hmm. or um, over stuff. But one thing that's been interesting, a really funny trend is there's been a lot of movies that are like, and they're, they're so blatantly obviously 
the COVID-19 movie, you know, or Quarantine Life, the reality show. And so they're trying to do various things about, you know, being in the lockdown, about the coronavirus, about the pandemic, but we're still in the middle of it. Yeah. So should you be writing your script and trying to film your your movie about an event that's still happening? I mean, it, obviously, at some point, you're going to it's it's going to be somewhat fictionalized, you know, and uh, if you're doing a feature film, it's going to, you know, I mean, maybe it can be based on real events, but you're going to kind of drama- dramatize it a little bit. So you've got the basic idea. I mean, obviously, this story has been done. We had Outbreak, we had Contagion, which everyone's watching on streaming now. So this kind of story, and it's kind of scary when you watch this, how, you know, modern day, how it feels like what we're going through right now in a lot of ways. Um, so it's like, how are you going to, you know, make that story more personal, you know, talking about there's, you know, the people on the front lines, probably, uh, these are all really good stories you can tell actually. So, um, but you are in the middle of it. So you're going to have a trouble with your ending, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause you don't know how it's going to play out. And I think it's a little, it's a little too fresh. Oh, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess I guess it's funny. Like, oh, let's do a, a fake reality show about being quarantined. But like, it's still like, okay. And it's just us all talking on Zoom. You know, it's, it's a little, I, I'm in it right now. I don't really want to watch it. You right, know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's and, not- and, and I, yeah, you know, there's the whole too soon thing. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a little, way too soon for a lot of people. But yeah, you have to discover what the story people want to see. You know, mm-hmm. um, the stories that, you know, from like 9-11, uh, those stories, you know, that dealt with people um, really rising to the occasion, the people on the plane that stopped the hijackers, you know, um, those kind of stories really do resonate. Um, but, you know, it's just a story about average folks in in this, you know, because, you know, that's more like just watching The Walking Dead, uh, <laughs> the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, but, but they you know, didn't use 9-11 stories until well after 9-11. No, they, it was years. It was definitely years later. Right away. Whereas this is like, we're still in lockdown, guys. Like we just started well, lockdown. That's what? probably just a factor of, you've got a bunch of creative people, writers, filmmakers, actors, producers, mm-hmm. in the heart of what's going on. I mean, here and in New York. So yeah. you've got the people who want to make these stories living it. So it's not like oh, we were not in, we were, you know, they weren't involved in 9-11, but they're writing stories about it. This time they're actually involved in it. So the the compulsion to start to produce and create based on your own experience is natural for us. So I guess I think it's funny because we're all having that experience. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like at this point, I would say as a creator, if I was going to put something out now, I'd want something escapist for people. Sure. I wouldn't want to give them more reality because it's, you're already living it. You're already in it. I don't need to see it anymore. I want right. something completely else to take my mind. Even something like you're saying, outbreak or contagion that still is fictional and it already had been out for a while. It just takes your mind off it. People just like going, Ooh, how accurate is it? You know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you, I know you're I- writing your disaster scripts would you write your COVID-19 script right now I, no not really I, I don't feel like I have a compelling story to tell um but there are people that are yeah, going, are going to uh there'll be there'll be, there'll be movies there'll be a, a bunch of different movies I think a lot of it will focus again on the first frontline people like the doctors and the nurses and then the people at the CDC and the people in you know the stories in China 
and uh, Korea and Spain and you know where all the huge huge toll is being wrought there those will probably be the places you'll see where the stories will come from not from Hollywood necessarily I mean um, we're doing okay actually I think it's I mean, unless someone has a really compelling personal story. It could be worse. I mean, I've got I've got a, a fridge full of food and freezer full of food. I've got my internet and my streaming. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I, I I don't like to play the victim here. I think we're doing okay. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of people out there trying a lot harder to deal with this that have better stories than us. So from a writing perspective, if you were going to do something on what's currently happening, when would be the best time to release it? um probably like a year like an anniversary kind of thing you know like yeah. make, i would say like anniversary of us claiming that the pandemic was over kind of yeah yeah i think it'd be i think it'd be too soon to do it like in the fall or something yeah no it's you know, definitely wait, too soon wait until it's historical record mm -hmm. and done yeah huh okay that's a deep subject uh yeah delightful well, thing. I, I thought it was interesting because I can't remember anything, any historical event, you know, because I did live through like 9-11 and what else did I live through? Um, we've had all the conflicts in the Middle East, uh, Al-Qaeda, um, you know, them taking out bin Laden. But I feel like this is the very first event where everybody was like, let me jump on it before it's even done. And that's why I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, again, proximity, probably the reason for that. <laughs> so. Can't wait to see all of your COVID-19 scripts. Yeah. <laughs> Are you working on one? Let us know. We'd love to hear about it. So what are you working on? Well, I am working on a fantasy novel. Okay. Yeah. Novel, prose. Oh, yeah. first one. I usually read a lot of fantasy and sci-fi, but when I write, I write comedy, which is really weird. Like, why am I? I like I'm writing in reality, but I read fantasy. I don't know why. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So I'm I'm working on a fantasy novel. So doing that in between my audiobook stuff. How about uh, you? Oh, and uh, expat is out yes, right now. Expat the uh, the show. Expat the show. Com. Yeah, the, check it out. It's really fun. Second episode drops today, right? It already did. It already yeah. dropped. I have to listen to it. Yes, lots of fun. Um, I am. Uh, I brushed off an old script I started a year, a couple of years ago, that ironically deals with um, kind of a pandemic. Um, it's not a deadly pandemic. It's it's a, more of a sci-fi uh, kind of what if scenario. But I felt like the script um, didn't really would be more difficult to do as a movie and your experience with the narrative podcast kind of inspired me to to rewrite it as a narrative podcast which i think it's really well suited for because it's a lot more um a personal story and uh kind of discussion about what's happening in the world and how um how it affects change in the world so you know um and it has to do with fertility and not you know people dying necessarily it's it's kind of a weird uh uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's, it's a cool, um, but, and then I, ironically, and then ironically, based on that, I'm actually, um, reading at your suggestion, the book locked in, um, or lock in, lock in, uh, cause that's a, another, uh, post pandemic sci-fi story. So it's a good, you know, kind of, uh, reference to read. So I'm reading that it's, uh, people are, 
um, they get sick and then they get healthy, but they're stuck in their bodies and they can't get out. They're like uh, living in their own minds. And then they have basically Android robots running around and they're kind of controlling them remotely. So it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, God. Yeah. Such a good theory. It's a cool, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing, uh, playing, doing the Twitch stuff. My, uh, my game, again, I got to check on this. I was supposed to get a new uh, build of my new uh, Word game that you're all going to want to play, I hope. Uh, yesterday hasn't come yet. I got to check with my developer, but that was supposed to launch uh, uh, maybe this week, uh, soft launch, but then in a couple of weeks, we'll hopefully launch in this game. So that's a big deal I'm working on. Oh, that's awesome. Fighting words. Fighting words. coming soon. So, Yay. Uh, and we talked about this before. Watch, if I say this now, everyone out there, you're all going to do a podcast. But we've talked about before, like, why should you do a podcast? Because it's so much easier to get that material in front of a manager or an agent or a producer versus a script or a film. Because to ask an agent or a manager to read, you know, a 90-page script, you know, or a pilot that's 60 pages or something, that's a big time commitment. Or to say, here's the film I shot, please watch it. They have to sit down and watch it. But a podcast, they can take that with them. They can listen to it while jogging or at work. In fact, my agent was even saying, you know, she's like, I, I want all the audiobook and all the pod podcast recommendations because I sit there for 10 hours a day submitting people, listening to audiobooks, listening to podcasts. So it gets you in the room and it's such an easier way of doing it. Cool. Yeah, that's hopefully where things are headed. But uh at this I, point, for sure. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Speaking of podcasts again, uh, Writers Group Therapy is now on podchaser.com. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a great uh, platform to curate all your favorite podcasts together. Uh, it's got some great tools for finding new podcasts, uh, but we are on there now. So that's exciting. Yep. Um, mm -mm. Cool. And then anything else? Well, we want to hear how you guys are doing during quarantine. Tweet at us at WG Therapy on Twitter, or you can find us on Instagram at WG Therapy. Also, of course, online, writersgrouptherapy.com individually. Uh, I'm Tom underscore Loveman on Twitter and Tom Loveman on Twit uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitch. And I am at Moon Lily Music on Instagram and at Roshni Lumino on Twitter. Of course, if you like what you hear, subscribe, share it with your friends. Stay safe out there, you guys. Yeah. You next and Tuesday. We'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Thanks for for listening. Bye. Thanks for